0: Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry? Who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. All right, well welcome to She Makes Waves. Today is a very exciting episode because today we actually have my hair bestie, Teddy Bickers, with us. Teddy and I met a little bit over a year ago at the Ember Hair Retreat. Ember is a hairstylist business retreat that was located in Palm Springs last February. And so that was just an amazing experience to be around like-minded women. And we made so many awesome friendships. But Teddy, I would say, stands out as the best friend I've made. So she's someone who is as passionate as me about hairstylists and business. And it's not every day you meet someone like Teddy to bounce all of your business questions off of. She really knows this industry, she shares openly, and I find her to be very inspirational. Teddy works behind the chair at her studio, as well as coaching other hairstylists. Please allow me in- introducing Teddy to the show. Hi, Teddy.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Oh my god, my pleasure. I've been so pumped. You're the first person I ever even told I was going to be having this podcast and like, you're the best cheerleader. So it's just an honor to have you with me today.
1: I'm so excited for this. I think this is amazing.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited because I feel like having this podcast and then the direction you're taking your business in, it just felt like a very natural next step to have you on.
1: Thank you. And I was just thinking about when you were talking about ember and i like so specifically remember when we met each other and i just immediately felt like a connection to you you know
0: that's awesome yeah was it at the was it at the mixer
1: i think it was on day two and we're getting photos taken at the uh, cactus garden
0: Oh yeah yeah.
1: And I remember chatting with you and realizing that you were in Chicago and I'm in Indianapolis and we were like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And I remember you had just opened up your your salon too. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was like 5 weeks old and I was like, yeah. okay, like I'm going to go to this retreat and it was like really honestly what I needed at the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I remember getting to that that mixer and, and being late there and it was like this like mixer game and I was like I got there and I was like told Jamie Dana I was like I'm not gonna win I don't think I'm gonna participate and she was like there no one's winning we're meeting people and I was like oh I'm sorry I'm not used to team, teamwork here I'm kind of a one-man show for a while and uh yeah I mean here at the best wingman the cosmetologist friend I could ever ask for yeah, so tell us a little bit about like you getting going and when you opened your space, like how long you've had it, what it's, what it really, what needs it meets in your life.
1: Absolutely. Uh, So I've been a hairstylist for about 12 years and just over three years ago, I opened up my studio suite and I had been previously working at a really large commission salon. There was about, I think at one point there were over 20 hairstylists working there. And I had just reached a point that I was kind of burnt out. I was working a lot of hours and I just really felt this pull that I was ready to do something on my own, but I wasn't quite ready to leave and go open a large salon, so I decided to open up um, a studio suite, which I never thought I would love it as much as I have, and it has been such a great transition for me, but I've been so fortunate that I've been able to be really successful there and kind of recreate what success means to me and be able to build a more sustainable business and something that works a lot better for my life. And it really has given me the freedom to kind of explore some other things beyond just working behind the chair. So yeah, it's been really awesome.
0: That's awesome. So as far as like, you know, you were working all these hours and you were working for someone, how were you able to better you know like meet your scheduling needs like what is what does a typical day look like in comparison to how it did previous to having your own space
1: I just feel like I have a better grasp upon my schedule now I really when I was working at my old commission salon I didn't have a ton of leeway on like dictating my schedule or vacation time or days I wanted to take off so I now I'm only behind the chair four days a week. I'm only in the salon two evenings a week, which just is a lot better for me personally. And it's nice to have the flexibility and freedom to kind of take off or pick up whenever I want. Um, and I've now started incorporating like a week to two week long sabbatical every year. So in a couple of weeks, I'm about to leave for Italy for about 10 days and It's just been so nice to be able to budget for that in my business and account for it and be able to pick up days if I want to or just make that work. So in general, I think just having the flexibility and the autonomy of being able to make my schedule work better for my life has been something that's been so beneficial to me personally.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I love like having people talk about like what their dream schedule looks like. And for you, it sounds like it's like you still want to have a, like a thriving salon business, but you want to structure it so that you're able to go on a two-week trip or yeah. and that, that sounds so healthy to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So as far as like loving your space and like building it, like what has been like something that you've found to be like? more challenging than you initially had thought it would be, you know, because I talk a lot about how, you know, even though commission salons don't always end up being the right fit for everyone, big picture, there is so much to be said for not having to order your own products, book your own schedule, have boundaries, things like that. So what has been one of the challenges for you?
1: I think one of the biggest challenges that I've had, or I guess I could also say one of the scariest things that I've done is deciding to completely overhaul my clientele and the services that I've offered. So in the last six months or so, um, I decided to niche down and just specialize in a couple of services as opposed to offering X, Y, and Z, everything across the board. And That was really scary for me because I was basically cutting out all of my men's cuts. I was cutting out kids' cuts. I stopped doing bridal work, and I decided to just only focus on women's coloring and cutting. And then later this year, I'll be offering hair extensions. But that was a big challenge because it was sort of a leap of faith that it was going to work out. I was at a point where I was booked so far in advance and I was having a hard time getting new clients onto my schedule. So I felt like I was just plateauing and I felt like there just wasn't any more growth for me where I was at and I felt as if I really needed to make a big change. And deciding to do that was terrifying to let go of a big part of my clientele but it ended up being one of the best choices I've made because at this point I am working smarter and not harder I am able to be fully booked at just 30 hours a week behind the chair and I'm only focusing on just a very small clientele it was pretty scary but it ultimately has paid off
0: That's so badass. Thank you. Yeah. I love that idea that like you talk a lot about like dream clients and how it sounds like you were kind of turning away dream clients to keep people in your chair that weren't even like who you were dreaming to see.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I was, I was getting so many requests for, um, balayage clients and people that truly were my dream client, but it was like, okay, well, if you can wait for, two months, then I can get you in. And people can't do that, you know, once right. they find you and they want to book with you, like they want to book now. And um, it, it felt like in my gut, and in my intuition, I knew it was the right thing. And I knew that it was going to mean scaling my business in a much more sustainable way. But it was definitely a very big jump for sure.
0: Right. And so, like, would you say, like, the number one thing that you had to kind of, a skill you had to acquire would be, like, having healthy, like, boundaries with people, being able to have these difficult conversations? Because I know for me, like, whenever I'm going to do a little, little quarter turn in my business, I'm always, like... I think it comes back to like the boundaries and being like afraid of having the conversations with people. Was that hard for you or what do you think like allowed you, what skill did you develop that allowed you to like confidently do this?
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. I, what I did when I decided to phase out this segment of my clientele was I told each one of people that I was no longer going to be offering them services I told them directly and to be honest I think that that is such a more professional and also heartfelt and sensitive way to go about it than just sending an email or a text or something but I also think having to -to face-to-face tell people it gives you a lot of confidence too and it also it there's something about it that just really gave me the confidence to know I was doing the right thing. Um, I was so scared before I told like my first few men's clients that I really, truly cared about that I was unfortunately, you know, at this certain day and time, I was no longer going to be offering men's haircuts. I thought that people were going to think I was crazy. I thought that they were going to get combative or confrontational with me, but actually everyone was really supportive and they understood why I was making this choice. Um, And I've also applied that in the past when I've done any price increase. I've always told people directly instead of, you know, telling them via email or whatever, um, think there's something about it that just gives you a lot more confidence and a lot more respect from your clients too.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I know that that's such like a personal decision too and like depending on like the business structure and cuz there's definitely like for me like sometimes when it's when it's like a yearly increase, I find that my personality, just the, the way my relationships are and the the amount of like return touch-ups that I have if I was going to do it in person, I'm talking like weeks and weeks so for me like I've done like kind of like oh hey 2019 here's a revised list um so it's kind of cool that like I think definitely for discontinuing a service I think that like and like totally being honoring who you are and what your relationship with people is I think that's so awesome absolutely yeah so have you had like a lot of really amazing new experiences with dream clients thus far now that you've had like the last how long have you been just doing what you want to be doing
1: It was about six months ago when I phased out my men's cuts, kids' cuts, everything like that. You know, I'll be totally honest, at first, it was almost like I needed to, I kind of freaked out at first and was like, I need new clients, like now. And there was definitely a lot of gaps in my schedule, but I also had to remind myself that it was going to take a moment to get people back, you know, new people onto my schedule. But now I'm at a point where I've, I think like in the last few months, I've taken on more new clients that I had in years. And it has really been such a creative, uh, inspiring time for me, just because I, I have all these fresh new faces in my chair and I'm doing the services that I'm genuinely really excited about that I would love to do all day long.
0: <laughs> That's cool, though. I mean, it sounds like it was slow and strategic, but, like, in that slow period of the strategic move, it's scary. And that doesn't mean you're not doing the right thing. It's just – this is sounds stupid, but I was in my car the other day, and I had my um, – my advisor repaired. So I've had my like garage door opener on the side of me for two years. So even though I got it repaired, I keep reaching for my side and I'm glad that it's repaired, but it's different. And I'm like, oh, wow, I've got to get used to this. It's just change, you know. It's like I wanted to have my rear view, you know, my, my visor back up on my in the correct spot. But right. now that it's there, I'm not used to it. And so it's right. like just change and whatever. But I think that's really cool. And I don't know if you felt like this, but for me, like when I kind of catered my schedule to working eight-hour days instead of 10-hour days, and that was doing four days a week instead of five, I found that like when I would look back at the schedule I had before, I realized, well, I mean, I had more energy, but I realized also that I had been completely overworking myself for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you had that experience, but for me, I was like, oh my gosh, like I could not go back to that schedule. Like my prices need to reflect the, the time that I'm with people and the, and the cost in which it is to be with me so that I'm able to like have a life because I was able to see nine people. Whereas now I can see seven, but I can't, I could never have comfortably seen nine people. So I don't even know who that girl was, but she's, she ain't me anymore.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I can't remember what I was doing recently, but I was going back like two years back or something on my schedule to look at something. And I saw my schedule from like two years ago and I could not believe how many clients I was seeing in a week. I think at this point I'm seeing about half of the people that I was seeing back then. I mean, I was, you know, my appointment times were like much shorter and I was just squeezing people in all the time and I was never taking lunch breaks and I would do like four or five men's cuts in a row. And I just remember always feeling so exhausted all the time back then and I just couldn't believe now how drastically different my schedule is now versus then. And the fact that I'm working one less day and when I look at what I'm bringing in financially, it's more than I was back then. So I'm seeing less people in a day. I'm seeing less people in the overall week altogether working one less day, but I'm making the same amount of money.
0: Wow. And it's like, sounds like you have the energy to have a life, which I think a lot of times this profession, you think, I think sometimes I used to think that I didn't have energy because of what I did, but I didn't have energy, not because of what I did, but because of how I was doing it. Mm -hmm. Because I think it always is going to take a lot of energy if you're, you know, you care about your clients and what they're going through and everything. But at the same time, there's a way to do it where you actually have the energy to like live your own life. So I think that's really cool and I want people listening to hear hear how you've like you know overhauled your business and how you've been able to do that because I think it's inspiring and I think sometimes people don't realize that it's it's not out of reach that you can
1: I know it's different for you because you started out in a like departmentalized salon. So you've always done color and you've never done haircuts, but I started out in a salon where you did everything across the board, um, wedding hair and, you know, everything. There was no, you back then I, there was no specializing. And I, at least where I lived at, I did not know of any departmentalized salons.
0: Yeah. And being from Minnesota, you know, like no one really, there was maybe like one or two swans there, but primarily I felt like I have to go to New York, LA or Chicago. And Chicago felt like like the, the natural place for me. I just felt like, it felt like home. But yeah, I, I definitely feel like even, even with just being a colorist, I feel like I've found myself niching down even more and being like, okay, I don't do, I don't do vivid colors. Like I don't do, you know, like funky hair. I'm kind of a lived in natural specialist. So I think even within my profession and, um, you know, like, like specializing, I've continued to kind of get smaller and smaller and smaller. So, I mean, I remember like when I worked in the big salon, I was like, Oh, I'll do, I'll do updos for bridal because I was like, okay, it's fun. You know, like you get to see fun people getting ready for a wedding, but it's just not a natural. I found that like when I would be doing an updo, and then they're like, hey, do you have a gloss for your client? It was like, ooh, this is not a natural like <laughs> t- t- section of my day. I was like, I'm trying to get Bertha ready. She's a bridesmaid. She's a lot to handle. Um, and you know, it's just like I it wasn't it, it was just really hard. And I can imagine like if you were doing everything, because I mean I only tried it for a little while, and I found myself just finding it very like your mind had to be in very different, like parts of your brain and it wasn't it's kind of overwhelming.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, the other problem too is that when you're trying to be really good at all the things, you you really can't be. Then you're, right. you know, so I found that when I decided to niche down and just focus on a very small segment of services, that I was able to get better and better and better at those. And then I was able to charge more because that's what my expertise is in.
0: Yeah. Like I like the idea of like you double down on what you're really good at. Yeah. Yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk's like, if it's not your strength, it's never going to be your strength. But there's a couple more F-bombs in there, which is why I love him. But (laughs) like, it's like, just focus on what you want to do and like, don't worry about the clutter and the noise and everyone being like, what do you mean you don't do that? Because there's always going to be a client that says that. And it's like, oh my God, like, I'm not for everyone. I know. but, But I think it's just like, you have to get really clear on what you want. And so as far as like stylists that, you know, like, with the changing environment, with there being so much social media. And, you know, like when you and I started doing hair, there wasn't any of that. We were literally just like, hey, here's a 20% off card for your next visit and two for mm-hmm. your friend. Um, and I don't know if that even works in a bigger salon anymore. I want to have someone on to talk about that. But I know for the kind of business you have and the kind of business I have, it doesn't work like that anymore. So, And I know that with you doing coaching, and I would love for you to touch on um, what what your coaching is going to entail and what it's going to do for people and the need it's going to meet.
1: Yeah, it's shocking since, let's see, I started in 2007. I started as a hairstylist and I can't believe how different it is now versus back then. And um, But I think there's some really awesome things about it. I think that because of social media and the way our industry is now, you really can become a specialist and you can niche down. And it's definitely created an environment for people like myself or like you who have a small salon, uh, one or two chairs or a studio suite like how what I have. Um, I think it's really given us an opportunity to like, truly have a little small business and really thrive with that. So, some of the things that I coach other hairstylists in is, number one, how to discover who your dream client is, because I think, and something that was really surprising for myself when I was going through this process is, I thought it was a particular person, and it ended up being totally different from that. And then, once I knew exactly who I was talking to, then I was able to create an online presence and center my social media around talking directly to that person. And then the crazy thing is that once I started doing that is when I started getting those dream clients that were reaching out to me. I mean, it's so bizarre to a T, some of these people that have now become longtime clients of mine. And I can't believe that I basically like dreamed them up and they were real. So that's one thing that I do. And then also helping hairstylists once they know who they're talking to and what kinds of services they want to be offering to those people, how to kind of niche down your services, phase out certain services that you have been offering that you no longer want to and how to go through that process. Um, And also Kind of developing like a signature menu. I think that that is something I haven't heard a lot of people talking about in our industry, but I think there's a lot of room to maybe think about how you're naming certain services. Like, I think balayage is awesome and we all love it, but some people don't fully understand what it is. And obviously, a lot of people don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Right. Um, but I think that there's other terminology to use. I think there's some really creative ways to word your menu of services in a way that seems really exclusive and that could really draw people in and have you seem different and stand out from the crowd.
0: Yeah, I remember talking with you about that when we went to the Create and Cultivate event here in Chicago about how, like, instead of having balayage, how we loved the idea, or like, at least I of being like, like, calling it, like, sun-kissed or, like, you know, like, obviously, like, something a little more, you know, you know, than that, but just, like, that you're giving someone an idea of, like, what it's going to feel like versus, like, a word. Like, you're going to feel like you've been kissed by the sun. Oh, I would like to do that on your menu because I want to look like I've been in the sun. You know that look of, like, when someone leaves your salon and you're, like, oh, my god, you look look tan. Like you know like idea less about like base blah blah and i yeah. and i my my scheduling currently is like that but i am totally open to doing that cuz i think that's so cool
1: absolutely and i think that that the way that you speak to clients and the verbiage that you use and the way you describe things is can really draw people in and i think that a lot of hairstylists are just posting things, you know, on social media and they're just almost explaining things that a hairstylist would understand, but not describing a feeling. And that's something that I've discovered too with changing some things with my services and niching down is offering people a feeling and also marketing the experience of working with me and what the value that you're going to get out of it is.
0: That's so cool. And so do you feel like you're able to do that through your website in combination with social media, or do you think mostly social media?
1: Honestly, I really think that websites are such a crucial thing to have. And I think that it really, really sets you apart from other hairstylists. And I would love to hear your take on this too, because you have an absolutely beautiful website. I think it's It's been a game changer for me personally, um, investing in having a designer make my branding and design my website and have an awesome logo. And I think that that's something that it's kind of doing the hard work for you. I think it sort of legitimizes you and sets you apart from other people. And I think it's a really cool opportunity to have something that's a little maybe more like interactive and also personal than social media. Um, I have a blog on my website and I just post some really basic things on there like what kind of hot tools I really like to use, like what is purple shampoo, what is a toner, and some of those things have been really well received with my clients and I think that's just another layer of adding value to my relationship with them and them working with me but I you know to be honest like I love social media I don't want my life to constantly revolve around it so I do try to post consistently and I try to post quality over quantity and so you know I might only post two to three times a week but having like a really solid presence on my website and, um, having a super seamless, like automated online booking system has done way more for my business than I think posting like 24 seven and like hustling for Instagram all the time. Do you feel the same way?
0: Yeah. I feel like what you're saying is just like being thought, like, just like, and I, I love it. It's like being thoughtful about, how you want people to reach you and being thoughtful about how having an, a website can like elevate your business. And I know, like, I always feel like as a cosmetologist or like a hairstylist or salon owner, I always feel like people are surprised when I'm professional. Right. It's like, I go to like get a mortgage. They're like, wow, you, 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 you claim you that you make an income. I'm like, I'm sorry. Does everyone think people doing hair are just like side hustlers? Like, like yeah. we're just like, oh yeah, let me put that in my pocket. Like it's just not how it's not not how we do it now. And like I think like a lot of people like and the people that are gonna be on here and people like minded like me and you, it's like this is our career. So like having a website it elevates your business. People see it and they're like, Oh wow, she must, she's, this isn't like a hobby or someone came in the other day and she was lovely. And she's like, I couldn't find your studio. My, my friend said you did it out of your house. And I was like, Oh no, never, never done that ever. But yeah, I think anything that elevates it, you know, like, I think like the website, like, and I still feel like I love your website, but I feel like I still have ideas for mine. Like Like, just, like, to make it, like you said, more interactive and, but, like, it's super, mine's super simple, like, one page, but uh, it's, like, having, having like, things out there so that, like, if I find someone on Instagram and I think they're really cool and I want to, like, interview them or something and I go to their page and they don't have a website, I'm, like, what are we doing here? Like, I, is this, is this is this someone who is taking it, their career seriously? Or, you know, I don't know. And it's, that's generalization, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that are that don't have that. But I definitely think like having the website and having like, I love that touch of the hand, like blogging and things like that. It's just like so thoughtful. And I think that that goes a long way in your business. But yeah, I think anything you can do to like, make it easy to reach you, but also just like show people how they can connect with you. Because like for me, like I've never really liked having a, having a, a phone in my salon because it's just me and now me and an assistant, but it's not an efficient way to reach me. So I'm like, I, I went ahead and omitted my phone because it's just not how it's the best way to reach me. And so it's like, sounds like right. your business too. It's like you set it up to function in a way that serves you as the person who's running it instead of like letting having, you know, like for a minute I had people messaging me on Facebook, messaging on Instagram, calling the salon phone, emailing, and I have the online booker. Like I, for me, I've had to kind of close some of the channels of ways to reach me because I find it overwhelming. Like you are saying about, you want social media to take over your life. Absolutely.
1: And I think that goes back to setting boundaries and, oh my gosh, what a huge, huge weight lifted off of my shoulders. When I got my website up, I have a super seamless automated online booking process. So I very, at this point, I very rarely have to actually interact correspondence wise with clients and even with new clients. Like I have a very specific system of how people book a first time appointment with me. But That was something that when I first opened up my studio, I was like fielding emails all the time and having to respond to them. And then you have people texting you trying to, you know, reschedule an appointment and then you're playing phone tag with them. The more that you can just streamline it down into one avenue of booking, rescheduling, managing appointments, it makes your life so much easier. And then it just frees up so much time for you to be focusing on the things that are truly worth you spending time on.
0: Right. So what is your, like, what would you say your, your new client situation is? Do you help them initially book that first one? Or is that done via the uh, online scheduler?
1: I'm really excited about my new client process. So I use uh, Vegaro for my booking software. I switched over to that, uh, uh, gosh, it's been about three months ago, and I absolutely love it. It has been so well worth it. So one really cool thing with Vegaro, it's an additional uh, upcharge every month, but you can add on forms to different services or let's say any different it's really cool. So what I have is I have a whole category of new client services on my menu. And they have a little bit of additional time added on to their appointment because I'm sure, as you know, oftentimes when new people come in, you just don't really know what you're getting into. So um, my new client services have a little bit of extra um, time added on to them. But when someone goes to book from the new client services menu – they do have to fill out a form. It's pretty basic. I think it's about five questions, but um, for example, one of them is, when's the last time you've had your hair done? Um, describe your hair currently. Is there anything you dislike? Um, and then just a couple of like very short and sweet questions for people to fill out. And then they actually, at the very bottom of that form, they do an electronic signature that they've acknowledged my cancellation policy. And then they are able from there to just go ahead and book their appointment. And then that way I'll review when I see it come in that someone new has scheduled with me. I can review their form. And if I have any questions, like if I think they've maybe booked the incorrect appointment or just something that's come up on their form, then I can contact them from that point. But. Really, I'm, I'm completely hands-off at this point as far as booking new clients or stressing about that. Um, That's
0: so awesome. So if someone were to email you and say, hey, Teddy, like, I would love to come in and see you. I haven't seen you before. Uh, I want to schedule Saturdays are best for me. Would you follow up with an email saying, sounds great. I really look forward to meeting you. Or would you refer them to the online scheduler? Or how would you handle something like that?
1: Yeah, so I already have um, some, like, t- email templates that I've saved in, like, Google Docs. So one of them is a response to a question like that. So it's, um, you know, thank you so much for reaching out. Um, here's the link to my online scheduling. You'll want to choose from the new client services menu. If you have any questions, feel free to reach back out and let me know. But I just literally, I go into like my Google docs, I copy and paste that and I send it right back to them. And I try to do it, you know, as quickly as possible when someone's reached out, but it's been a very seamless and easy process.
0: Yeah. And it's just like having that queued up and ready to go. It just takes out a lot of the, the guessing game or like sending a, coming up with an email
1: absolutely and then even you know my existing clients that even the ones that have been with me for a long time they often forget that they can manage their own appointments online you know they might be somebody who every time they're in the salon, they pre-book their appointments and it's pretty rare for them to have to change them. But even then I'll have something saved in my phone, like in my notes or something that's like, Hey, you can actually manage that online. It's really easy. That way you don't have to play phone tag with me. And I swear 90% of clients are like, Oh great. I totally forgot.
0: That's awesome. Cause I was going to say, what do you recommend for the person? And that, that has, you know, been holding their client's hands, And, like, for the person that, like, yeah, the person schedules when they leave and they assume that the way to operate in the system, they don't, you know, it's just, I prefer to just reach out to you. Is that something that you're even open to or would you you just educate them again and say that, you know, moving forward, this is how I'm scheduling? Or what would you recommend for someone who's struggling with kind of taking that off their plate?
1: You know, I think... Number one is just suggesting it. I I think sometimes, quite honestly, clients don't realize that they have, if you are doing online booking, I think that they don't realize that they have the option, you know? Right. Um, And, or if you're getting voicemails from people, like one thing I can't stand anymore is a, a voicemail. I mean I know some people are just old school and they don't like to text or they don't like to email or something. But That's I'm why like, you
0: gotta disconnect your phone like me. I'm just I know,
1: right?
0: You can't <laughs> do that if it's your cell phone or whatever. But like I know,
1: I know. But yeah, I think just number one suggesting it. And to be totally honest, in the times that I've had that come up and I've suggested it to people like, Oh, here's actually the link for online booking. It's actually really simple and I've made it as seamless as possible but if you have any questions, please let me know. I think just phrasing it in that way and, and letting them know that's, they can do that on their own. Sometimes people just don't realize that, you know? So if they respond back with, and it's been very few times where I've had people be like, I don't understand how to do the online booking, or I don't know if I booked it right, then I'll, you know, I'll step in and I'll, do whatever needs to be done, um, to help them with their appointments. But for the most part, honestly, I've had such great feedback from my clients and it's just been so much easier.
0: Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, for me, even like I sometimes think we build it up in our head. So like I turned an out of office on for the first time in five years of having my own business and went away for a week and it was like, why haven't I done this sooner? Yeah. Everyone was fine. Right. <laughs> And and no one no one and I think now people are like oh yeah I I had emailed you but you were on vacation then so that's that's great like people did not mind at all but I had built it up in my head all these years that and also you train people so I had trained people for the last five years that literally I get back to them like within ten minutes of an email like that that sets the bar extremely high yeah so I think it's just kind of like reprioritizing yourself. And I feel like that's like, what's so cool about you helping people and coaching, because I feel like a lot of people give so much to this profession and it's such an awesome profession, but people need to be like reminded to like take care of themselves and.
1: Absolutely. Well, and I think too, there has been such a rise in studio suites and rental scenarios that you know, it's hard when it's you on your own by yourself and you're trying to navigate not only owning a business and everything that goes into that, but then you're also working behind the chair too. And that's just something that I have found in my own scenario is having a coach in my life and then really navigating like how to run Uh, automated, streamlined business so I can focus on continuing to grow myself, not only as a stylist, but then also to scale my business too. Um, I've just found that with so many people being independent now, they need that support. And sometimes all it takes is someone just explaining something to you, you know, or like, there's so many things that us as hairstylists, we've been so focused on the technical aspects of our industry of being a really awesome hair colorist or being really, really awesome at haircuts. But then when you become independent and you're working for yourself, you're like, I don't know the first thing about email marketing. Where do I even begin? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's been really exciting for me, the more that I've evolved over time and created something that has worked so much better for my life and given me so much more freedom and that I genuinely love what I'm doing. It's been so fun to coach other people and help them attain that too.
0: Yeah. Like when you were just saying like systems and processes, like it trips my trigger because I just, I'm always like anytime I can mainstream something, anytime I can take something off my plate that just kind of like runs on its own or QuickBooks that auto updates, like yeah. anything that I can be doing that takes something off my plate. Just like, it's just like, it gives me such a rush. It's kind of like decluttering, you know, oh, decluttering exactly. your business, decluttering your life. And you, I want, like, I just think that if I want people to take anything away from this episode, it's like, I want people to see that, like, you can have this awesome life and there can be balance in it. And you can still take, I find that just by, making these little changes, I've been able to really still enjoy enjoy my clients more because I'm able to not have, be so, so just like scattered, worried about, well, what am I going to do when they want to reschedule? It's like just having all these systems in place, allows, allows you to just really just kind of enjoy what you're doing.
1: I agree. I feel like now that I've niched down and I'm just focusing on a very small but mighty (laughs) group of clients, I feel like I'm able to serve them so much better. And I can also have such a better lifestyle and like have my work not take away from my life. I can have it be the other way around and I'm a happier person. And it's just such a relief, you know?
0: Yeah. I was going to say, like, I feel like in the times when you're growing your business, you end up, you know, having to give something up or by saying yes to this profession when you're building your clientele, you say no to something else. Have you found that there's been anything in your life that by saying yes to this and if so, like, have you been able to get it back with the changes you've made or what would you say is like the biggest, you know, thing you've said no to by saying yes to doing hair?
1: You know, I think for a long time it was, not to be, like, cliche or anything, but for a long time it was saying no to taking care of myself, Yeah. both with, like, my mental health and just my overall lifestyle, and um, I think, too, for a long time I was saying no to spending time with the people I care about, you know, my family, uh, my significant other, my friends, and I definitely reached a point a few years ago especially after I had opened up my studio suite and I was really in the thick of it of like being kind of overwhelmed with everything that goes into being a a very busy booked stylist and also running a business that I just felt like I was constantly treading water and like trying to keep my head above water and I just felt like something had to give, you know, I just, that's not a sustainable life to have at all. So definitely in the last two years, I would say I've made it a huge priority to take care of myself. And like, I cook at home a lot now. And that's been something that was a goal of mine for a long time. And I absolutely love it. Um, I cook at home a lot, do a lot of meal prepping. Um, and that makes me feel better and i take my lunches to work and that was something i just never prioritized before and just ate crappy food all the time yeah I think that is like something in our industry is that a lot of stylists don't bring lunches to work they eat out all the time and it's then they-
0: crazy when you think about what we do and i uh, i always say like i'm i prefer to think of myself as a professional athlete because it's such a yeah. physical job and i don't find that there's any like like, if we were to go to the America's Beauty show this weekend, I don't think we'd find any, like, energy bars or any, anything on diet. And it's like, yeah. we're in an industry that doesn't take lunch breaks. Well, we both started to, and game changer. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. like, why isn't there a specialty bar for hairstylists? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like, why isn't there liquid food that I can, like, Like, I'm, I want to be healthy, and I feel like the diet component is huge. Yeah. And no one talks about it
1: yeah yeah you know and and just things that are not that major but have been so life-changing for me have been like going to yoga going to the chiropractor um going to my counselor every once in a while um exercising taking a Saturday off here and there those were things that I just always made excuses for and said I don't have time for that Mm -hmm. and then now I've made them a priority and I say yes to those and I there I have to. It's the it's so good for me and I am such a better person when I come to work and I really bring my my full self to work when I've taken care of myself.
0: Yeah, so awesome. And I think about how like I, I've been kind of the way I rationalize it, because I too do all the things you're saying now, but it took me a long time to get there. And I've been saying to myself, like, I want to do this for a long time, so yeah. I, I I'm in it for the long game. And the short, I played the short game for a really long time, but it wasn't sustainable. So I think it's cool to say, like, okay, I want to do hair for a long time. So if that involves taking every other Saturday off so I can show up behind the chair in a sustainable way, then I think that's so cool.
1: Yeah, but don't you agree? It's it's kind of scary too when you're so used to working crazy hours and working back to back to back with clients behind the chair. You never take a break, You never go on vacations. Like, And you're so used to that mindset of like, I got to go, I got to go, I got to grind, I got to grind. Like, It's kind of scary when you set a boundary and you're like, I'm not going to do that
0: anymore. I also think it's really scary to look back and realize that I was so on autopilot that like years went by like that. I didn't even question how I was living. I didn't, it was so normal and it's so around you. And it's like, it's like everyone else is doing it. Like I should be able to do this too. And like not checking in with myself, not saying to myself, like, does this even feel good? Or like, yeah, I mean, little tinges, like, Oh, I knew if I worked in the big salons, like, I'm not going to be able to have a Saturday off. Like, you know, if there's a special occasion, like that's not going to work for me big picture, but it was never like about me, it was like I want to be at my sister 's wedding. I was thinking about like other people and other things that I show up for. It was never like this isn 't healthy for me, so I think that it 's like it 's crazy to think that like you can get yourself in a place where you 're so on autopilot doing what you do and like cranking out stuff that you don 't stop and say, "Whoa, am I even designing my life and I think that even in having my own business i don 't think I was running it at the beginning I was very much so like letting my business run me like you know like when someone would come in and they'd be like what do you mean you don't work evenings you do hair and I'd be like did 645 work great for you we could do that that works and it's like I just was like like when someone said jump I'd say how high and now I think it's really cool to say like whoa like if to to stop and and get intentional and get clarity on like wait I have this one life to live, and I want yeah. it to feel good. And I think I can be kind to people and show up for other people, but I don't think it needs to be at my expense anymore.
1: Absolutely. I think that's just something that you gain that wisdom that you gain over time. And it's not like you have to get to a breaking point or, you know, a rock bottom or anything to make those changes. But yeah, I think it's something that I learned over time. And I got to a point where I was like, I. Yeah, I need to take care of myself. If I want to continue being a hairstylist for a, a long time, then I need to take care of my health and put myself first. And
0: yeah. Yeah, and I just think courage begets courage. So that every time you do something courageous for yourself, because it is kind of courageous to stand up for yourself. It's easy to stand up for everyone else. But I think every time you do that, you, you end up going, wow, that wasn't that bad. People responded well. Like maybe I should keep showing up for me. And it just becomes like a, a way of living.
1: I totally agree.
0: Well, we're getting to the end here. And if I would like to leave everyone with one final question, some insight from you, if you were to pass on one piece of information that you wish you would have had when starting your business, what would it be? You
1: know, I wish that I would have found a mentor or started reaching out to other hairstylists a lot sooner. I think once I really grew a really supportive group of friends around me who were also hairstylists is really when I started to see a lot of growth in myself and in my business. It's We work in such an interesting industry that's so different from others. I think it's so important to have like-minded people who maybe are in different industries that you can lean on but especially if you are independent reach out to other people who maybe you see them doing something that you want to do too maybe they have an awesome social media presence and you're kind of like unsure of that kind of stuff and feel a little daunted by it just reach out to them and ask or ask someone if they want to get coffee sometime or something who inspires you. I wish I would have done that sooner um, because that's been such a valuable thing in my life and in my career and to have a group of friends that I can lean on for questions or, hey, am I crazy? This thing happened and I, I need some support or I don't know what to do. So I think that's probably something that I would say has been big piece of advice that I've given to other people. And I've learned that along the way.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I can think of like three people that I didn't know at all that I reached out to. And I, I feel like they were all so awesome, like strangers that would meet with me. Yeah, And I think that like my mom always has said that uh, people, people want to help people. And I think that you'll find that, that if you put yourself out there and you're doing it for the right reasons, people are really kind for the most part.
1: I absolutely agree. I mean, there's been so many times that I've reached out to hairstylists on Instagram. I've never met them in person until I, you know, I reached out to them and, and wanted to ask them a question or just say, hey, you're doing something really awesome and it's really inspiring to me. And then they've become friends. You know, That's so awesome. I can't I think of like... Off the top of my head, I can't think of any times where someone like didn't message me back or something. I I, I totally agree with you that other people, they want to help other people. So
0: that's so awesome. And you want to help other people and you are helping other people. So where can people find you if they want to start working with you and they start, they want to start doing some coaching with you?
1: Absolutely. So I'm on Instagram. Um, it's at Teddy Bickers. So that's T E D D I. B-I-C-K-E-R-S. You can totally follow me on there, shoot me a DM if you want to, but my website is teddybickers.com. If you're interested in coaching at the very top navigation bar, you can click on coaching um, and scroll down. It has everything on there and a way to schedule a, um, a consultation call with me, but that's the best way to find me.
0: That's amazing, and you have the best name ever. (laughs) <laughs> I am like I like when you you showed a business card that your dad had his own business a painting yeah. business and I was like okay she didn't make her name up that has been <laughs> confirmed because I was like Teddy Vickers is that is that a real name I love it she sounds famous
1: no no you know I used to like when I was a kid well so my real name was Theodora and when I was a kid like Teddy was always my nickname and I hated my name as a kid because like, people at school would be like, oh, did your parents think you were going to be a boy or something? And then as I've gotten older, I've appreciated having a name that was a little bit different.
0: It's so cool. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. in the hair world, you're the only Teddy I know. <laughs> thank, well, thank you. Thank you again for being on, Teddy. I'm just so, you shared so much knowledge. and I know it's going to help people. And I'm just, I'm so excited for what's in store for you. And, uh, you know, sky's the limit.
1: That makes me so happy, and I'm so excited for you starting this podcast. I think it's absolutely amazing.
0: Thank you.